0: Well, welcome to Wake Up With KC. This is Kimberly and I have another amazing guest who I found inter- interesting when I came across her page. Usually I scroll down if I, something hits me and, you know, it sticks out like a sore thumb, I pay attention. And she's not only a songwriter, she's a podcaster and... She created her own music publishing company. And she's a relationship coach too. So I was curious about how she intertwines, you know, music therapy and being a relationship coach as well. So please welcome Kiana Mitchell.
1: Hello, everybody. How are you?
0: It is great for you to be here today. And you know. Kiana, share with us a little bit of how your journey began with music and therapy and being a relationship coach.
1: Okay. Well, that is a long story, but I'm going to try to condense it as much as possible and just give you the highlights. Um, Music for me has always been something that I loved. Ever since I was a little kid, I remember listening to music. There were times when I didn't like the music that I was listening to, but in listening to that music, it made me realize that I had the ability to sing and that I could understand what they were saying. And I remember I was listening to a song as a kid and I was just singing along and I realized, hey, you can kind of imitate how their voice sounds. And it was like a aha moment because up until then, I just thought everybody could do that. So I would just be running around the house singing. But it was at that moment when I realized I could imitate the person's voice on the record player. And so I was like, oh, okay. And I think I was like six because it was something that was just it just hit me, and then after that, I just started to sing as much as I could. And as I grew up, singing was what I always did. My mom would literally kick me out the bathroom because I would literally just be in the bathroom all day during the summer practicing singing, and singing, and trying to write songs and everything. So that is what I always did. And as I graduated, my thinking was, I'm going to be a singer. I don't need college. But my mom did not agree with that, and she was like, Kiana, listen. She's like, you have two choices. You can go to college or you can do whatever it is you want to do. But you have to work and pay the bills. And at that time, I realized that, you know, working at McDonald's was not going to let me pay the bills on my own. So I went to college because if I went to college, I didn't have to pay rent or help out with bills. So that is what propelled me to go to college. And once I got there, I really liked it and I started off with with speech pathology, to be honest. And I realized that that was not the thing for me. And I wanted to do speech, not because I loved it, but because you can make money doing it. And at that time, I was just going for the money. But then after I was in it for a couple of years, I was like, this is not it. So I switched to criminal justice because I realized that I just need a degree and then I can get a master's in whatever I wanted to get a master's in. So I went to criminal justice and I graduated. I moved after I graduated to um, Alabama. I ended up getting married, having kids. But I did go back and I got a master's in counseling and psychology, and I loved it. For me, it was a lot of fun learning about why people did things, because it's easy to see people do things and make your judgments and your assessments, but it's fun to find out why, what propels them to make this decision over this decision? Why would somebody do this instead of doing that? Because sometimes we can see what people should do, but they don't do what we think they should do. And it's just fun for me to say, okay... Why did you do that? So I realized a lot of it had to do with childhood trauma, things that happened to people in their past, things that were taught, their perception about different things. And that makes people do what they do. So if you look at it like that, people don't do things just because, oh, I'm just gonna do this. Even people who are being mean, they're not being mean just because they just decide, I'm just gonna be mean today. They are reacting to something that has happened to them. So as I was going through that process, I had stopped writing songs, I really stopped singing for a while. But then I I just could not get rid of writing songs because my thinking was I'm going to get a PhD, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. But even in the midst of all that, music was still dear to my heart. So I remember I was in church one day and the choir was singing. I was like, you know what? I'm going to start singing again. I'm going to join the choir. So I did that and then I started writing again. So, like in 2010, my daughter was my youngest daughter was a year old. I started writing songs like every single day and they were not good. I would sit at the computer, give myself an hour, and I would just write whatever song came to my head. But as I continued to do this every single day, my writing got better. And as I continued to sing and practice my voice, my voice got better. So it's one of those things where it all progressed around the same time. And I got a job working for the state of Alabama as a rehabilitation counselor once I graduated. And rehabilitation counselors, what we do is like we help people with um, disabilities get employment and we give them a plan of what they need to do to find employment, and we also can help them with school. I realize I like that more so than the counseling side of it because it's like you have a plan. You work on your plan and you can mark things off your list, you can check things off. So that's when I realized that even though I love counseling and I like to know why, I also like to have plans and I also like to make progress and go toward a certain goal. So I did that for eight years. And then one day I was like, you know, I think I want to work with relationship counseling and be a relationship coach. And at that time I was writing love songs and I was podcasting. And I just decided to put it all together because I know for me, I remember things very well when I can relate it to a song. So what I started to do is write a song based on relationship issues and write a song kind of like what you should do. Like I have one song called Revenge and it talks about how a lady broke her boyfriend's car with a brick. She just threw it in there because she was so upset, she was getting revenge. But near the end of the song, I'm like, revenge is not always the best thing. So you would stop and think like, okay, so she did this. You feel her emotions like she was upset, but then you're just like, well, revenge isn't always a good thing. And I did that because I want people to know that it's okay to feel your emotions. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be upset. But at some point you have to sit back and after you feel these emotions, don't act on them and think, okay, now what should I do from here? So that is how the whole music therapy thing started. Now, as far as the podcasting is concerned, I put those two together. I started podcasting five years ago. My first podcast is called The Written by Podcast. And my own thinking was just like, I'm gonna get my music out there. I'm gonna write songs and tell why I wrote them. Well, I did this for like 20 some episodes. And then I began to realize, I was like, okay, so here's the, here's the truth. I'm not famous. Nobody cares why I wrote my songs. No one has even heard my songs. So how can I sustain a podcast based off of songs that I wrote explaining why I wrote these songs when no one's heard the songs? It just didn't click. I had maybe 30 good listeners who listen every week, and I'm thankful for them. But it's just something that clicked. And I said, okay, so either I can continue to do this, or I can just stop, reassess, and do another podcast. Because I realized I love podcasting. So I stopped for like four months. I thought about it. And I was like, okay, what do you like? And I was like, You love relationships. That's what you read about. That's what you talk about. That's what you write about. So what I decided to do at that point was have another podcast talking about relationships. And then since my songs are all kind of relationship-based about what you should do and kind of like reminder songs about how you should work on things in your relationship, I decided to incorporate it. So what I do on my podcast, I talk about problems, real issues. Then we talk about what we can do to improve them. I always um, encourage people to seek help of a professional counselor, especially if it's a deep-seated issue, because me being a relationship coach is not going to help you if you need help to see a counselor. Now, I can tell you, I can see what you want to do. I can see where you want to go in your relationship, and we can work toward those goals, and we can get there. But if it's something that you really need therapy for, I would advise everyone to see a counselor before you come to me. So what I decided to do is in a podcast, we talk about the issues, we talk about what you can do now to begin to fix these issues. And then after we do that, there's always a song based on what we talked about. And I write all songs, but it's an original song talking about, kind of reminding you about what's happening. And it's mostly in a story form, like, okay, so this person did this and this is how it worked out. And so I use my music as a way to help you remember something. And I do this because when I was in college, i would always be able to remember anything if i made a song to it so i would be singing songs about science <laughs> whatever it is i would just make up songs when i studied and when i took my test the songs were playing in my head that i made up and i would pass so i realized that music can help you and i think that's why people make songs for like abcd you know to help kids remember things because music can help you remember things so i use my songs as a way to help you remember how you should deal with your relationship, what you should do, and what you should not do in your relationship.
0: Wow, that's impressive. And I can relate with, you know, uh, relating to music. Now, I grew up in the 80s, so there was a lot of music. Even, you know, the late 70s, the disco era, then you had the roller skating, then you had the you know the rock and roll, you know with John Bon Jovi and you know all those guys and Journey. So you know the ballads, the eighty ballads, which dealt with love. It just it created a feeling, you know. And I'm being a a transformational coach, and I was a, a now I'm retired from massage therapy. I learned so much about the body, our chakras, the energy. They carry notes and it resonates with what you're listening to with the chords and the harmonies and the music and the words that you're listening to. So it it is, there is a connection yeah, with music. And, you know, dealing with relationships, it's like, to me, it's history repeating itself. Yes, yes. And it goes far back to our origins. Mm -hmm. And if it's not dealt with and and the emotional energetic traumas, just like music affects you, emotional energetic traumas can affect you too and transfer Mm -hmm. into you. And it stems from being in the mother's womb. Yeah. So how do you... Help you help others relate to music with what they're dealing with, but do you also help them realize patterns, cycles that it's not others, but they, based on their upbringing, what they've seen, what they've heard, what they felt, they just carried it on into their adulthood.
1: Yes, and I do, because I do feel like if we don't think about the things that have happened to us as kids, and some of us may not have even had bad childhoods, per se, but let's just say, because, you know, back in the time when I was growing up, you couldn't talk back, you couldn't voice your opinion, it was just like people told you what to do, and you just did it. And that also has an effect on how you relate to life, because if people just tell you all your life what you should do, then how are you going to make your own decisions? How are you going to be comfortable feeling your feelings? Because if people are like, oh, girl, stop crying, or that's not a big deal, they're minimizing how you feel. And when your feelings are minimized, you don't even know how to express your feelings or deal with them. So yes, we do talk about things that have happened in childhood, any issues that they had, some people dealt with abandonment, and that affects your relationship, because If you were abandoned as a child and you didn't get the help and counseling you needed, you're just taking that baggage into the same relationship. And so, yes, we do go back and talk about things that happened, how it made them feel. And we also discuss what can we do now to move forward? What are some things that can be done? And it's a lot of things can be done. Some things just have to do with you recognizing and acknowledging what happened. Because if you don't acknowledge it, then it's almost like it didn't happen. And until you acknowledge your pain and acknowledge your trauma, you can't work on it. You can't heal from it because you're just trying to ignore it. And ignoring your feelings never works. So you have to acknowledge these things and work on them and see how it makes you a better person and draw from those experiences.
0: Yeah, and it's not just, you know, what happens to you, you know, your own personal experience, you know, cause there's many forms of abuse.
1: Yeah.
0: But then it's also recognizing, well, you know, you're struggling in, in this, in, in all aspects of relationship, money, you know, career jobs. And like, you see how your parents are brought up, then your grandparents, and you could go further back and find similar patterns that you're currently dealing with as well. Mm-hmm. And I've learned, my my awakening, I guess if you want to call it, was when I first read Rich Dad, Poor Dad from Robert Kiyosaki. Yeah. It's the poor teach the poor to be poor, middle class teach the middle class to be middle class, the rich teach to, the rich to be rich. Which category do you go into? And I just was like, oh my god i'm not sure if it's poor or borderline middle class based on me looking back at how my parents and it's always get a good you know go to school get good grades get a good job you can't do that in these times
1: no you can't it's not gonna work you have to have some kind of entrepreneurial sense because just go because i thought about it i was working for the state for like eight years and While I was working, I was feeling I did like the job at first, but then it got to a point where it's just like, I can't do this because I was looking at people around me. They've been there for 15, 20 years. And I was freaking out thinking that I was going to stay there long enough to retire because to me, that was not the life that I wanted. That's not what I wanted to do. I'm like, there is so much more. And I looked at the retirement plan that they had and I worked there for eight years and I only had $21,000, eight years. And I just like, I'm not going to be able to live off this when I retire. And I don't want to retire after spending 30 years of my life doing something and I have nothing to show for it. And I don't even enjoy what I'm doing because then it's a lose-lose. I don't win in any aspect of anything. So I did quit in 2019. I just quit. I was like, okay, I want to work and be a relationship coach. I want to work my podcast full-time. There are things that I want to do. And I have children so i wanted to spend time with them because i wasn't spending the time that i wanted with them i had no time to spend with them i picked them up from school homework bed that's pretty much how i went and i'm just like i want to have the ability to spend time with them i want the freedom to work on things that i like to do and do that so that i quit in 2019 i had no clue no idea but i just knew i couldn't stay there <laughs> that was the only thing i knew i cannot stay here
0: so, so I- it's it- fascinating because do you agree that that is one of the major problems with americans today they're in this program it's like they're living somebody else's beliefs and programs and it's a uh, a misconception and you're denying your whole sole purpose of why you came here
1: No, it's true because a lot of people like one of the biggest regrets that people have when they're on their deathbed and before they die is that they never did what they wanted to do. And I was like, I don't want that regret. You know, when it's time for me to go, I want to be like, well, I did what I wanted to do. And yes, sometimes it'll work out. Sometimes it won't. But you'll never know if you don't try. You can't just sit there and be like, I want this, but you don't reach for it or try for it. You've got to do something. And it's not going to be easy because it hasn't been easy for me setting up my practice or anything, and I work hard. Sometimes I see a payoff, sometimes I don't. Would I trade it to go back to my other job? I wouldn't because I'm doing what I love to do. And anything in life is going to be hard. I was working hard for somebody else. I need to work hard for me. And I just view it that way.
0: During your journey when you decided to quit and then like, i am going to do what I love to do. Did you feel uh, like this transformation rising and birthing from you like you were so like this no longer works this this nine to five job working for somebody else who controls my time controls my paycheck controls when i can take off like there's got to be more than life than just this
1: yeah and i was feeling that too and once i did it is like, when I, I had been thinking about it for a long time. Like, I thought about it year three of the job. I just didn't do it because I was trying to figure it out. I was like, okay, so what I could do, I could take my retirement, use that for a while to help my husband out, you know, pay the bills and stuff. until I actually get what I really want to do. So I was working, but I had already figured out year three, this wasn't going to work. And this lady at my job, she's like, well, Kiana, year five is when people just stay forever. And I was like, I'm not staying forever. So, I started to make my plan three years in, and finally it got to year eight. And I was like, I had already planned to quit in December of 2019. But things were getting like harder. They were making it more difficult. And the thing that I originally loved about the job, which was the talking to people and helping people, they had kind of changed because the government had changed and they were getting federal dollars and you had to do things this way with more paperwork, less people. It was more thinking about how to keep grants and how to keep federal funding and less about the people we were employing because I felt like it should be more where we were helping people find jobs but also helping people find jobs that they could live off of. Help people find jobs so they can advance not just helping someone with a disability find a job and mark it off your list of things to do and never get them anything that's sustainable it becomes just like the way the economy is and taxes and inflation like they're not going to be able to live so why aren't we helping them find meaningful jobs jobs where they can advance instead of just saying okay i help them find a job and then mark it off and it goes and it was one of those things where if they didn't if you help someone find a job then it went toward you and you would get like a raise for it. But I'm just like, but we're not doing anything really. We're not actually helping. These people are not finding jobs where they can live off of. They're living with parents, but what if they wanted to move out? Like they need to have a quality of life. It wasn't like that. It was just all on the numbers. And I just and, couldn't do it anymore. And
0: that is amazing that you just said that because of this, you know, the bill that's been, you know, $15 an hour. And I even question, like, who can make it off of today with the cost of living with $15 an hour? It's not there. There's no balance here, you know. And what about the people that have been making $15 an hour already for several years that hasn't gotten a raise? Right. And there's people. That are working two or three jobs and then with the pandemic and everything there's this you know one party is like oh they're not they're making more money getting all the benefits instead of going to work well this is the most money they've ever made based on their minimum wage job what would you do
1: no i feel you on that because it's one of those it's like it's easy for people to talk and i have a sister who feels that way i don't feel that way i'm just like People deserve to have a living. They deserve to be comfortable. They deserve to be able to go to the store and buy groceries and not have to worry about do I have enough money or let me buy this. Like people deserve just basic. They deserve to live. And it's not living if you're working two or three jobs because in the end it's not good for your health. You're not getting adequate sleep, you're not getting proper diet, you're making yourself sick. And if you're working that many jobs, I'm sure they don't have health care. So you're just killing yourself. Uh to survive and you shouldn't have to die to live that shouldn't be how it works because you're taking time off of your life span by working all these jobs and not taking care of yourself and so I agree I'm just like well you need they need to figure out what we need to do to help people stay in one job work one job and not have to work two or three if they're complaining so much about people wanting to stay home and take advantage of the benefits that they currently have you know then we need to figure out how to help people be able to live a decent life because this is not the american dream this is not the dream no can't sell this to anybody this is not a dream this is like survival of the fittest that's what it is
0: so wouldn't you agree that it's like a old broken system yeah from programs from way back what 40s and 50s
1: Yes, yeah, so long ago and nothing's changed
0: and i'm like really <laughs> i'm just like wow like where's your mindset at yeah, you know
1: I, i've been reading this book i read it before when i was younger but i'm reading it, i read it again called who moved my cheese and it talks about how we have mindsets and we are stuck in them and for a while things may be good it's like the cheese is there but then the cheese is moved or is put somewhere else instead of going to look and expand like what should we do instead of changing with time and changing the things that are going on we sit in that same area and we're just like well who moved my cheese things were so much better back then and you're just like no but we gotta move we have to do different things and i think the government does that i think we as individuals are afraid of change and sometimes we don't take the necessary changes or make the necessary changes that we need to make at a time when we need to make them to move forward instead of just staying where we are. I think change can be scary, and that's probably why people are not making it, and it's not even being implemented in government. Because even when I look at Congress and the laws they're making, I'm just like, okay, it might help. I don't think this is really going to help anyone. I think we need to come outside of the box. Think outside of the box and do something different. Because what we're doing now and what we've always done is not working. And those cycles you talk about, it's true. It's like, we, if you notice, we go through the same cycles every single time. So one cycle, the movement may be toward, okay, people need more help. So you, there'll be more benefits. And then the next cycle will be like, people have too much help. So they'll take away benefits. And it just goes in a circle. And we don't progress. We don't move forward because we're just spinning our wheels, going in circles, doing the same thing all the time
0: to me it's like history repeating itself different time period and 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 it's amazing to me like you guys don't see this like there's documentaries look in your research on history it's mind-blowing of how i can look now and see it like a movie screen from our beginning to where we're at now i'm like wow we just keep replaying it (laughs) and when are we going to wake up from it
1: that was true. I was telling my husband the other day, the same pandemic that happened in 1918. If you look at the things that they did, we did those exact same things. When they were yes. talking about people who were complaining about masks, I was like, oh my God, they did that a hundred years ago? Yes. We were really doing the same thing. It's like the same thing, the same protest, everything. I was just like, how? Like you would think it would have changed by then. That was a hundred years ago. And now we have more technology, more knowledge more science and we are doing the same thing that they did a hundred years ago without fail
0: energy emotional energetic traumas that keep passing down to us and then we pass it down to our kids not even consciously knowing it that's why i started my podcast to say hey you need to look back at history because this is we're we're go- we're going to keep repeating this until we wake up from it and then make a conscious decision by our ancestor did not know better
1: mm-hmm.
0: and own up to the responsibility that we're one big family and we got to take responsibility now how can we solve this how can we make it better and i know music has a key part in this because you sending frequencies out good you know positive negative that keeps repeating itself as well would you agree
1: i do agree and i noticed that music has like a bonding bringing together effect that it can have on people because my daughters and i okay i have the music that i like they're teenagers have a 15 year old 14 year old and a 12 year old so they all have their different types of music but whenever we're riding in a car we listen to each other's music sometimes but the thing that keeps that bonds us together is music we'll listen to each other's music we'll comment on it and it gives me insight into who my kids really are based on what they listen to kind of what they like and the thing that we all can listen to and there's always this we can listen to. So sometimes we'll listen to Hamilton. That's something we all love. We can all listen to the Hamilton soundtrack. We'll listen to Michael Jackson. It's something we all can listen to. Or sometimes we'll give each other a day in the car. Okay, you listen to your music, you listen to yours. But music is a thing that I've noticed, especially during a pandemic, since we've had so much time together. It has been a bonding experience for myself and my kids. And I know if it can have that effect on us, four different people, different age groups, different generations, but we can come together on this. I know that if we would all use music and bond with each other and recognize and accept people for who they are and appreciate the differences instead of always talking about it and making it seem like a negative thing, I think we'd be better off. I honestly do.
0: I agree with you too. And, you know, it's like, and then you got the, you know, the racism and the hatred That is being out there with the music and the anger. Like you can feel that when you're listening and hearing even from the chords because music creates the emotion. So if you're constantly putting, you know, the, the hatred, the anger and the racism out there Do you agree that that's going to continue on and affect you?
1: I do. And let me just say, it's one of those things where I never really, I knew racism existed, but I never really paid attention to it because believe it or not, I grew up in South Carolina. I was born in New Jersey, but when I was 10, my parents moved to South Carolina. So I kind of grew up in the South and I don't recall, I I didn't experience that. And I, it was shocking because the South is where you expect to experience and see a whole bunch of racism. But I didn't experience that personally in South Carolina. I didn't experience that. I live in Alabama now, and I really don't. I can't. I can remember maybe one time I was afraid when the police stopped me because they got me confused with somebody else. And I was just like, please, you know, it's, I'm like, it's really not me, it's somebody else. And then they checked it and they saw, okay, it's not me, but. I'm like, whoever has a name similar to me, can you please behave yourself? Because I am not getting in trouble for stuff you do. But that's a whole different thing. But, you know, they saw it wasn't me. But that was the only time I remember being afraid. You know, I've gotten pulled over before. They were all nice to me. They were all kind. They would let me go because, you know, they would give me a warning and just let me go. So I haven't experienced racism in that way or any police brutality. But I'm not gonna sit here and say it doesn't happen because I have seen it happen to other people. But the thing that got me like throughout, I guess because we had a whole bunch of time inside of our homes and watching TV. You know, I I was able to see how this stuff was playing out and it did affect me, it made me like frustrated. Like, why are we in 2020 and we're still going through the same thing? And I was frustrated because I'm African-American and I'm female because I don't feel like women are you know i don't think women are equal either people don't treat us the same we have to work twice as hard so i'm like okay i get it from both ends i'm a woman which i'm very proud to be i'm african-american i'm proud to be but you know it's one of those things where you just feel like so much pressure and stuff and i was getting frustrated so what i did was i just turned off the television i was like okay i don't know how to process this right now but i'm not gonna watch anymore so i turned off my tv and i would listen to music and i just write about how i was feeling and for me Writing is therapeutic, so I just write about how I was feeling and everything, and then you know it helped me a lot. And then once I was able to think and process, and like, okay, so what we need, you know, because I'm a solutions-oriented kind of person, I don't just like to see problems and not know what I'm going to do to fix it. And if what I can't do is a good thing, then I'm not trying to do it. So. I came up with this thing, I was like, okay, so what I need to do is just be involved. I need to vote in everything that we have in my area, whether it is for something local, because before, I would only vote for presidential elections, but it made me realize I need to vote midterm elections. I need to vote in my local government. I need to be more active. So that's where it led me. It led me to be more active because I realized that things are not going to change unless more people who are like-minded come together and get involved in government and vote and attend hearings and attend all these little things because it starts locally we can't expect to jump to the white house and uh-huh. we can't expect to go from zero to a hundred it takes time but if you start off with your local government and then you move on to state and then move on like that then you can have an impact now like if all of us would just get together and be more involved it doesn't even take us doing all the things you would think it just takes you being involved in your community being involved in your local government going to these local things and it would help a lot so that's what it helped me to realize but i do see how music because i don't even listen to any type of music that is hateful in any way So it's like, I don't care where it's coming from. I'm not trying to feel that. Because for me, being that, having hate in me is exhausting because you have to hate people. Then it takes energy to be angry. And it takes up more energy to be angry than it does to be happy. And it takes Mm -hmm. energy. So I'm not trying to get all that energy and just throw it out there. I think, and it's not good for your health. I tell everyone, when you choose to hate people, it's like drinking poison, trying to kill somebody else. You're just making yourself sick because our body wasn't meant to be that way, especially in a long time, continual year after year after year kind of thing. You are killing yourself. So, no, I agree. That's why I listen to peaceful music, things that don't involve hate, even when it comes to social media. Anybody who wants to put anything hateful out there, I just unfriend. Come kind of am like, I'm not trying to do that. That's just not where I'm coming from
0: right and um you know, speaking of the you know everybody coming together to you know for in the local government and everything it also is do your research
1: yeah
0: on these candidates don't just go by what they say and promise What are their credentials what have they done to contribute to the Community, yeah. and it's you can no longer just because you're Republican and 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 you believe the Republican side or you believe the Democratic side, go to the candidates on those side sides and what have they accomplished? Were their credentials that and not because oh well, go Republican all the way because it's Republican or go Democrat all the way because it's Democrat, and do you think that's another program? that's been cut down to where and now we're seeing a huge shift with the young adults now they're like we're tired of this we're going you know and they go they want a better planet they want better things to happen so they're going to go to the ones that are showing that
1: i agree because i feel where they're coming from i do i know back in the day I used to be democrat and republican but i found myself not really identifying with either sides. to be honest it's like i don't Thank identify you. with the republicans i understand the democrats and i kind of see where they're coming from but they don't really express like me they i they don't really identify with me because i personally believe everybody should have the right to be married i don't care you know i'm not big on oh, well, these people shouldn't get married because they may be homosexual. Like, so what? How is that affecting us? Like, why can't they have that right? It is a right that they should have because I feel like we are trying to take away people's rights just because it doesn't go, it's not in line with what we think or we believe. I'm just like, beliefs should have nothing to do with it. This is a human. This is a person. They should have a right to do Things that you have a right to do like why would you take that away from someone just because you don't believe in it and so i see myself sometimes pulling more progressives, become just like i want to i don't want the planet to go down in flames you know i think we should right on emissions and all these things and i do think that people should have a right to do what they want to do and if they feel like they were born in the wrong body they should change if that's what they want to do. No one is forcing you to do any of these things. Like, why are we so caught up with trying to make people stay in line with what we believe? Are we afraid that if people change, it's gonna affect how we view ourselves? Like, I don't understand why it's such a big deal. I believe people should have equal rights. I believe people should be allowed to do whatever they want to do, as long as it's not killing somebody or hurting somebody, you know?
0: Right, as long as you're not causing any harm. Exactly. to anybody else, and it's a win-win for all.
1: It is. That's my
0: thing, that, is if you could create, okay, here's the problem, here's the issue. Now, what's the solution to where it's a win-win for all? Because then things, like, open up and just flow easier. Mm-hmm. And it just, it, it, that's like, miracles happen when that happens.
1: It does. And I think that if all of us were allowed to be who we really are and who we really want to be, then I think the world would be better. You would find so many interesting people. You would be able to learn so much from each other because it's not the way it used to be. Like there are so many things out there that you can learn and do, and you can learn from other people's experiences and they can be used to help other people. So that's kind of where I am. So I don't fit on either side. I'm just like, I think people should be allowed to do whatever it is they want to do. And I don't have a problem with it. And I think we should take our beliefs out of the way. Because your beliefs are good, but they're good for you. They're designed for you and how you see the world. But you can't take these same belief systems and throw them on other people. Because that's not their belief system. That's not where they're coming from. Their life experience is not our life experience. So we can expect everyone to be like us or view things the same way. And we shouldn't get so angry at differences as long as we're respectful with them. Like you have a right to believe what you wanna believe. And I don't right. think we should change that on either side. Like if you choose to believe one thing, then that's fine. Now, if I don't agree with it, I don't have to say anything negative about it. I just don't have to follow you. You know, that's just how it is. Like we have a choice in what we see and what we consume. So we don't have to make you change because we don't agree with it. Change your own behavior and just don't look at it. <laughs> That's
0: just how it goes. Um, I listened to and read Dr. Joe Dispenza's book. And he goes, what you think, what you feel, and what you do creates a mood. And if you had a trauma and you think about it, if you relive the emotion, the energy, and you keep talking about it and whatnot, repetitiously, it goes from a mood To a personality and your personality creates your reality so if you don't like your reality you got to change your personality and pay attention to what you're thinking what you're feeling and what you're doing
1: that is so true because i know sometimes like if i'm in a bad mood or something and i just wake up on the wrong side of the bed i have to say sometimes kiana this is ridiculous you're upset because this happened and it's already happened. You can't change it. You're not going to make it better by being mad about it for the rest of the day, so let's do something else. And I can laugh at myself, like, oh, that's ridiculous, and then do something else, because if it's already happened, why am I mad? So you're right about that. You do, we do have to change our personality and our perception. And the best person to change is ourselves, because that's one reason why I started the podcast as well. My husband and I, when we first got married, we've been together, oh, wow, going on 16 years this month. And, but before it was difficult because we had a lot of variables in there. Um, We had stepkids in there, then we got married. There's a lot of things going on and neither one of us really understood what marriage was and how to deal with each other. You know, we were all from a place where, okay, well, I do this and this is how I do it. And I'm just stuck doing my own thing. And I'm sorry if you don't like it or if it affects you in a negative way, but I'm going to keep doing this. And so we did this for a long time. And we were not happy for a long time. And for years, we fought, we argued, went around in circles, did the same thing over and over. And then one day, I was like, okay, so you can't change him, Kiana. You got to work on yourself because this is not working. So I started working on myself. And at the same time, he was saying the same thing. Okay, I can't change her. I need to see what I need to do differently. And once we started to do those things differently, then things changed. And we were in a better um, place. And so that's why I started the podcast in addition to wanting to help people with relationships, because my whole thing is i made a lot of mistakes and it cost me like five, six, seven years of frustration and anger. So my thinking is like, if I can tell someone else about this and they can see where, oh, that's what Kiana did, let's not do that, let's try this instead, it can help people. So by me changing how I behave things and my behavior, it's worked miracles in our marriage and my husband changing himself and his behavior, it's worth miracles. And neither one of us changed each other, because we still the same people. Now, of course, with a lot of self reflection, we do things differently. But in essence, he didn't change me, I didn't change him. But we changed our personalities, and now things are different. And it's funny, because some of the same things that used to make me so upset, I don't even care about anymore. I'm just like, okay, well, it's <laughs> not a big deal. It's not disrespectful. It's not and then it's destroying the marriage, whatever. Who cares when you pick up your clothes? Don't. It's all right. Life will move on.
0: Yeah, and it, it's like when you get marriage, there's an expectancy. And it comes from programming of what, you know, how our parents were brought up and what was to be expected. But we've evolved so much that I can't, like you can't live in the past you're living in the past and dr joe dispenses goes you keep living in the past if you keep doing the same thing over you become predictable and whatnot you are living in the past and i had to do some reflection on that i was like well wait a minute i don't want that's my parents life that's not the life i want you know so what do i gotta do what and it's deeply subconscious in in our in our subconscious those programmings so it's like peeling the layer off an onion and it's just a process it doesn't happen overnight but things will start coming to you and that's when that transformation comes and you do change mm-hmm. but you're changing your beliefs the way you think the way you feel and what it is that you do to bre to create a whole new better version of yourself
1: yes and you are right about that because i see myself changing and evolving and i see so much transformation has happened for me throughout this whole pandemic like i used to be someone who felt like oh i always had to go to church i always had to do this this that and the other and throughout this time i'm just like okay well that's not true that's not how it's you know that's not how it is i'm like you can still have a relationship with god and not go to church and not have any particular religion because who's to say that god and religion are the same thing who says that like why would, why do we just assume that god and religion are the same why do we assume that we don't go to church you're not a christian or you don't believe in god like who told us these things and why are we still doing these things and that is why i did my other podcast finding god i'm just like we have all been told a lie, like this is a myth, like God and church don't go together and God and religion doesn't go together. Like you you can reject church and you can reject religion, but you can still have God. Like why do we feel that we have to have these things together in order to have a relationship with him? So that's what my other podcast is about because I begin to think about these things. Like these are just things that people have told us. These are just things that we are assuming. where's the truth and the validity to any of these things like there is i girl you just like
0: i was wondering like how to get talk about your conception on your belief on god and whatnot i'm like right up there who oh this bible is the word of god well who said so
1: and if you read it it's like now there are some things i do believe god said but then there's a lot of things that people try to throw on you when you read them you're like This is a letter that was written to somebody else. So this is their perception of what was happening in that time. But it's not what you should necessarily do, because I'm just going to be honest. I remember as a kid, people were like, well, Kiana, you got to be careful about how you dress. And you got to do this because it says here in the book of, where was it? timothy or one of those new testament books oh right? how the
0: the girl yeah, the like, women's faces need to be covered and all that yeah
1: and oh, I, never believed that. I never believed it i was like that doesn't make sense i was like why would that happen if we're made in god's image why are we covering ourselves up so i always rejected it but i was reading it the other day i was like you know what i was like what they t- failed to tell people is that this is his opinion because he said right in there he said i believe i feel but this is just someone talking in a meeting to a pe- group of people about how he felt. It was never something that God said. It was never anything that was in the Ten Commandments. This is just something that he said in a meeting. So why are we taking this and trying to make it fe- seem like this is law, this is what God says? Because that's not what he says. That's not. No. That's, that's, a, that's a letter that was written to people. And it's okay, it's nice for me to know what he said, but that doesn't mean I have to apply that to my life because that's not what God said. That was a man, a letter, and a meeting. That's it.
0: That's just one of them. But if you really go back in history and understand the timelines and the periods that were going on and who was not just kings, but they're also called lords as well so there and there were more than one gods back in those times because in history in the q a of form writings on these tablets they talk about these gods that came from the sky Mm -hmm. so our whole misconception of who we really are and where we came from is such a lie that I that book I like I can't even like there's some um, it's been so twisted and converted and just tainted.
1: Yeah, it's been taken out of context big time because I've heard some people use the Bible as ways to manipulate people. I'm like, that's not what it was intended for. That's not no. what you do. I'm just like, but you re- can't do that.
0: Religion did that though. They They took copies of these writings that you see in the Torah, the Quran, and the Christian Bible. They just took that information from these writing on the tablets and deciphered a certain thing. I'm like, okay, we're going to create a story, and this is what we're going to do and put this together, and it's like contradicting in certain parts as well, and it made me question things like, hold up, wait a second so i started doing more research and that's another reason why i started my podcast because i'm going to tell you the truth you might not like it but this is history history and science and spirituality going tangent together and it gives you clues of a better understanding of a truth because it's written the bible is not totally what the word of god to me oh it's holy spirit filled well i'm holy spirit filled so are you You know, like, but it was, and I'm like, you're not, you're not connecting, are you? You were created in an image of a a divine spirit. You are a divine being. You are a spiritual being, a sexual being inside a human being. And we're taught that we're separate from being a spiritual being. And being a sexual being is a bad taboo. There's a bad, it's like sex is bad. You can only do it when you're married and all this other stuff. I'm like, no. That is one of the biggest gifts that we have.
1: No, I agree with you. And I do think that, because I do well, for me, I do think that the Bible was inspired, but I just think people have taken it out of the context because if you read it, you can use it for anything. White supremacists can read it and be like, okay, so this means you should be a slave because it says in this book that this, 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 that, and the other, but they're not looking at the time frame. They're not reading what was before it or below it. People can say all kinds of things that they want because it's a big book. Like you can literally open it and find whatever it is you're trying to support, but I don't think that people are reading it the right way and i think people are taking stuff just using it and i do think that religion has really tainted it because i do feel that in order for them to control people and to get money from people and do all these things they're going to tell you well if you don't pay tithe, you're going to be poor well what if you're poor already and you're paying tithe? like hello what's that going to do i just think they use it to get money from people i think they use it to scare people into submission and tell them well you're going to go to hell if you don't do this You know, to me, that's just how I see it. And so what I tell my kids when we read the Bible and when we have our devotions, I'm like, listen, God loves you. And no matter what you do, you can never do anything that's going to make him love you less. And I'm like, I don't care what people want to tell you. I don't care what people want to say. Because I think our perception of God is wrong too. Because we view him as a hateful person who's going to throw you into hell for anything that you do. That's not true. Because if you just read what Jesus did, and just read what he did about his life. He wasn't like that. He told people, go and sin no more. And he asked people who were trying to stone the lady who was calling adultery. And he was just like, well, where are your accusers? And he it was just like, well, you sin too. So why, why are you doing this? So he wasn't like that. And I think that we have it wrong, lying to people about they're going to hell for every little offense, instead of talking about forgiveness and grace. Cause that's what he was about. And I just think we, are
0: wrong with that so well honestly i how can god create himself through us to turn around and damn us to hell because you know that did not resonate with me and here's here's the understanding that i finally got through my own journey is i am a god i'm just a female version so okay let's call it a goddess and we got together in 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 a divine soul form and i decided that i wanted to come to earth and i wanted to experience these things so i come here to earth i go through all these experiences and then i'm thinking well why did i want to go through these experience so i'm having a conversation with my higher self this divine being that's in me he goes Just to experience it, I get to experience myself through you. If we don't like the experience, we could change it. That's it. When I got that and that made sense, I'm like, okay, so what do you want to do today? What do we want to create today? You know, and it's that to me is the true meaning of the essence of God that I know. Right. There is no good. There's no evil. There's just experiences that you could choose to to continue to participate or change it if you don't like it. And he's like, "I. Why would I create myself and have life experience through you to put myself through a hell when there is no such thing? You create your own hell. You create your own heaven. You are creators." That was the beauty of why everything exists the way it does and continues to exist. It's constantly creating itself in so many ways and in so many forms and even in human beings. And there's other beings out there. We've been taught that we're so small and that love is conditional through religion and even in our own upbringing.
1: Yeah. And that's not true. Like, love, as far as I think, like, when it comes to religion, I would like to say, I tell my kids, God loves me no matter what. So if you, I don't care what people think, you know, people can think what they want to think. And I'm like, even when I'm doing something I should not be doing, God still loves me because he understands that I'm trying. He knows your heart. So my intent is not to be a jerk. It just comes off that way, because sometimes that's who I am. You know, God's just like, okay well it's her heart she wasn't trying to be mean. she wasn't trying to do this and i just think religion have us feeling like we have to do all of this ourselves we have to feel like oh i've gotta be perfect i gotta do this i got it it's like you don't you don't you can have a relationship with god and you don't have to be perfect you don't have to do everything the right way because sometimes I don't think that we are capable of doing things the right way. Cause if I get upset, I'm just gonna tell you I can sit down and hold it in forever, but it's not healthy for me. Now of course I do need to find a constructive way to voice my frustration, be able to talk about it. Because I don't think blowing up at people for anything is the way to go. But what I'm saying is that sometimes if that does occur, it doesn't mean that oh you sinned or God hates you or anything. No. He still loves you. You just need to find a different way to do that. And for me, I know prayer helps me. And I'm like, God, I'm sorry. You know, this person may be frustrated or whatever. But I'm saying that not because I think he's mad at me because he's not. It's just that I talk to him that way. And I also think that because I do believe in God, but I'm not going to sit here. I have friends who are atheists. I have friends who don't believe in him. And for me, it's fine because I believe in him. But it doesn't mean that you have to. And if you don't, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean anything negative toward anyone else. It's just like we all have different beliefs. And I just think we should be allowed to believe what we believe. And we should be allowed to express that in a forum where it's understanding, like, learning from this person and you're learning from here. Like, I have a friend. He's an atheist. And he's also, I'm on a network with a podcast. So before I even put this podcast out with him, I sent him a text because he's in charge of podcast networking. And I was like, hey. Let me t- I said, can you call me? So he called me and I was like, listen, I told you I wanted to start another podcast. And I told him what it was about. I was like, I know you don't believe in God or anything. So I don't want to put anything out there that you may not believe in. Would it be okay if I kept this on your network? And if it's not, there's no hard feelings. I understand because this is your belief. He's like, no, Kiana, it's good. It's good. He's like, we are fine. He said, I have things on my podcast I don't believe on the network, I don't believe with. He's like, it's just a forum. I was like, okay, well. If you're good with that, then you're good with it. And I did that because I don't feel I'm not that Christian, I'm not that pushy Christian that some people are. You know, I am not going to be like, well, this is what I believe, and it should be on the podcast. I have a right. No, I don't have a right to impose my views or opinions on other people. That's not what I have a right to do. I have a right to believe what I want to believe. But if I know someone doesn't believe in that, I think it's rude, and I think it is just egocentric for me to say oh, well, you should believe this. And if you don't, then something wrong. Like, no, it's not. It's like, it's fine. So I only put my podcast on that platform after I had his permission, and he said he was okay with it. If he had said otherwise, I would have been fine, and I would have put it out somewhere else. I wouldn't have been upset, no hard feelings, because I respect the fact that everyone doesn't believe the same as me. And I respect the fact that the same way I want people to be respectful about what I believe, I feel like I should have to be respectful about what they believe. So, I was telling someone the other day, I'm like, I'm a Christian who would be at a pride parade marching for the rights of people who I feel their rights are being taken away. I'm the person who will stand up for people who want abortions. Now, for me, that's not something I would do, but just because it's not something I would do, why can't you do it if that's what you choose to do? I don't think I should tell people what to do with their bodies, you know? So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, I'm just like, I personally, I'm, I will march for anybody, <laughs> That's just me. I'll march for anybody, I'll stand with anyone, I will be in solidarity with anyone who I feel like is being marginalized or being treated unfairly because that is what I think. If Jesus was here, based on what I've read, I think he would do the same thing. I don't think he would be sitting up there telling people who are gay, oh, well, you can't come here because you're gay. I don't think he would do that i think he would embrace them i think he would love them you know that's just what i think and i think if i'm supposed to be someone who represents him then i need to love people i can't be hateful and it just bothers me what i've seen this past year with religious people being hateful and doing all kind of things and then they want to say things like oh well people are against the church i'm like no they're not against or people are against god because they're not coming to church i'm like no people are just tired of the church dictating and telling them and bullying them into a belief system that doesn't exist and that's ridiculous that's what they're yep. tired of. i don't think people have given up on god per se they've given up on the church and since people want to put church and god in one thing then this is what you get you know
0: yeah and i think right now it's the that's part of the awakening that's happening yeah. and the churches are crumbling
1: they are and it's yeah. an old
0: system it's a a, a program that wasn't really supposed to exist the way it it, it exists and i have a saying humanity was not supposed to exist the way it is now no, so yeah, how can somebody get a hold of you for music therapy and relationship coaching
1: okay well all you have to do is go to my website which is kianawmitchell.club and there is something up there where you can just there's a link where you can connect with me to set up a call and then we can do like just a contact call see if you want to move further with coaching or not and we can just go from there
0: now as a songwriter and a music producer and having your own music publishing company if somebody's interested in learning more about music tapping in they have a passion for it but they don't know what to do first or how how can they contact you with that same website
1: they can i'm in the process of i have one website where i just put everything which is kiana w mitchell because i just felt like it was i had too many at the time and i used to have one for finding god and one for this one and that one so i just used one to make it easy to come to me and you'll see different things you can just click on whichever one
0: well you know what i'm going to put it in the description uh on this interview so people have an access to it but i wanted it for them to hear it as well Mm -hmm. so i enjoyed this conversation this this is what i love talking about
1: same here and here's the thing i love hearing people's opinion you know what people believe when it comes to God and spirituality and stuff, because I think that it's just priceless to hear from other people what they believe and how they feel, because I do think that there's something all of us can take from each other. There's something all of us can learn from each Uh other. And it's funny because it's like, even though our belief, you know, about what God is is different, there was so much we could agree on. And that's the point I make with everybody. Like we have more that we agree on. We have more in common than we have different. And no matter what you want to think, how far apart you may think someone is from you, you have more in common with that person than you do that's different. Like, I just found it fascinating. I was just listening, like, oh, my God, we believe some of the same things, even though we don't, but we have so much in common. Like I know. It's just like we have a lot in common. And I think that's the thing that people should just take away. Like, we have more in common than we do differences. So Mm -hmm. we should focus on our commonalities and let those differences go because when you're older you're going to regret some of the people you didn't meet or some of the friendships you didn't have because you held on to your differences instead of embracing the things that you had in common
0: right absolutely so kiana thank you for joining us today i thank look for forward you. to having more interviews with you maybe in the near future so we could update catch up and uh one more thing do you have a workshop that's coming up that you're
1: doing i'm working on something but i don't have it ready quite yet but just look forward to it and i have something coming up
0: well i will be in touch with you so i can have you back on the show so you can talk about it when the time comes thank you again for joining us kiana
1: thank you for having me
0: so Stay tuned for next Monday. I have another exciting guest that talks about mental health. And I am so excited to share with you and was even enlightened myself. So stay tuned next Monday. It's going to be very insightful, enlightful, and hopefully it helps you as well. And I hope you enjoyed today's show too and learned something new.